Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You would turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19. We're continuing to look at the life of Abraham, and tonight we come to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is a troubling passage. I went to go visit someone today. I won't tell you who. I went to go visit someone today, and um, I, I, you know, it was a pastoral visit, and I was, uh, I, I uh, asked him if I, I, I could read scripture with them, and I read this passage, and I let them know that this is what I was going to be preaching from tonight. And when I finished, I didn't expect this response. This is a godly person who, who loves the Bible, loves God's Word, loves, uh, he, loves Jesus. Um, but the response was, oh, that's troubling. Oh, that's troubling. I, 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 I don't think preachers should preach that. This is what he said. Um, he said, uh, it, it's just uh, too confusing. Uh, we, we just, we, that, I just don't even understand why that's in there. So maybe that might be your response. As we look at this text, it, it, has, it is very troubling. There, there are things in here that are not G-rated. They're not PG-rated. In fact, I don't even think they're PG-13 rated. This is a chapter that is very troubling. Um, but it is God's Word. It is God's Word. And, and one of the reasons why I preach expository sermons through the Bible is because it forces me not to skip over things. Right? I, I, I'm going just verse by verse, chapter by chapter. I didn't pick this text because I thought, wow, we really need a sermon on Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I'm preaching this text because I'm committed to preaching through the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and we come to this, and I can't just dodge. I, I can't. We have to hear from God's Word. And, and the Bible tells us God's all Scripture, all Scripture, is inspired and it is profitable for reproof and correction, for instruction and training in righteousness. That means this chapter... We can learn from this chapter. It can reprove us. It can teach us. It can help us to be to grow into maturity as believers to hear this text, as troubling as it is. So let's get into the text. I've, I've given you the warning. This is your uh, in today's culture, you might say this is a trigger warning. <laughs> but here it is. It's a long chapter too. I'll warn you about that. It's a long chapter. It's 38 verses, I think. But we're going to read it all. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, 
we'll spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly so that they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked them unleavened bread and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you, and you do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and drew near to break the door down. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, daughter, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city. Bring them out of the place, for we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against us against his people, has become great before the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, Up! Get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up! Take your wife, your two sons, or your, and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and, he, and his two daughters by the hand. The Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. And they brought him out, them out. One said, and as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, oh no, my lords. Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and it, has a little, and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this favor also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. 
Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward the land of the valley. And he looked and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. And so it was when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Now, when Lot went up to Zoar and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zoar, so he lived in a cave with his two daughters. And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the way, after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she arose. The next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let, him, let, let's, let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus, both of the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is, his, is the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He's the father of the Ammonites to this day. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. This, trouble, this passage is troubling, and it ought to be. We see in it the terrifyingness of, of human depravity and also the terrifyingness of your judgment on wickedness. But in it we also see your great mercy, and we see how even in wickedness, you work out good for your will. Father, Lord, we pray that you would give us eyes to see what this teaches us about you, what this teaches us about ourselves, and Lord, we pray that uh, you would use this passage to help us to live godly lives and to run away from sin and wickedness. And to appreciate how good and righteous you are. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pick up 
where we kind of left off. Uh, during chapter 18, we saw at first these, these uh, three men, um, I believe they were angels, who God was appearing to Abraham in the form of these three men. And um, the, the, as I've gone over in the other passages, you know, at sometimes it refers to the three refers to the three men, and at sometimes it refers to just the Lord. And it seems like there's not really a distinction made between these. And we see the same thing here in the text today. We see that the, the, the two men that were there in Sodom, they said, we've come to destroy the city. But then later on, uh, in the latter part of the chapter, it says that the Lord was the one who caused rain uh, to come down on the, on the cities of sulfur and fire. Again, there's, there's not a distinction between them, but this is, this is the Lord's doing, and he's manifested himself through, uh, in the last chapter, these three men. And then we saw God telling Abraham what he was going to do. He told Abraham he was going to go to Sodom and he was going to destroy the city. And we saw how, how the word of God, God revealing himself, revealing his judgment to Abraham caused compassion to arise in Abraham. Abraham pled for the city. He said, if you, if you see 50 righteous men, if you see 45, 30, 20, 10 righteous people, would you, would you spare the city for them? And God, being righteous and good, says, yes, I would spare the city even for ten. What we see in this text tonight, there were not ten. And I would say there was none righteous. We have these two angels that come to Sodom. They arrive at the evening. The sun's going down. It's getting ready to be night. And you know nothing good happens in the city at night, right? <laughs> when I was uh, in seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, I worked at a homeless shelter. And as I worked at this homeless shelter, I saw some of the things that happened at night. I would stay there sometimes. I, 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 as I, when I started, I was a security guard that would stay overnight and I'd have to do rounds. And I, as I walked around the facility there, I could see on the other side of the fence sometimes things that were sickening. And I'd have to call the police. Nothing good happens at night in the city. You don't want to be out late at night. But these men were arriving there at evening. And it says here, Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. We've heard this phrase maybe before, uh, sitting in the gate. You know, um, Proverbs 31. You know the Proverbs 31 woman. What, what is it about her husband that that text says? Her husband sits at the gates of the city. The, the, the ones who sit at the gates of the city are those people who are respectable, those people who may be leaders. And Lot here was sitting at the gate of the city, showing maybe he's, he's risen to some kind of a, a respected capacity there in Sodom. He may have been some kind of a leader there in his city. He was sitting at the gate, and when he saw Lot, he rose to meet them and he bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night. 
Wash your feet. Then you may rise and go on your way. This is very similar to what we saw whenever those three men came to Abraham. Abraham was sitting by the door of his tent. He saw the men coming and he got up and he ran to them and he bowed his face before them and said, come and, and, and enjoy my hospitality. I'll just make you a few scraps of bread and then he brings a feast for them. Well, here, Abraham, Lot has the same response when he sees these men. He sees the same response. I think that shows Lot had at least some measure of faith. He, 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 re, he, he receives these men. Maybe he didn't understand who they were like Abraham did. But he receives these men in some sense the same way. He bows his face to the earth. How do these men, how do these representations of God respond? They said, no. No. We're going to go spend the night in the town square. Now, to Lot, they must have think, he must have thought, you guys are crazy. You don't want to go there. That, that, that's going to be dangerous. After dark, you really want to go into the town square after dark? And Lot's thinking, I, I can't let this happen. Also, why would they have wanted to go to the town square? Let's just think about the last chapter. At the last chapter, um, Abraham had been pleading, you know, if there's 50 men, if there's 45, if there's 40, if, you know, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10, would you spare? And, and, and the men go on to Sodom because they're going to see if they needed to destroy the city. They're going to the town square because they want to get right in the middle of it and see just how wicked this city is. They want to see for themselves. And after Lot pleads with them, hey, don't go there. It's not safe. Come to my house instead. They relent and they come to Lot's house. But it's no safer at Lot's house than it is there in the town square, is it? Verse 4. Before they lay down, we see what happens. The men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. I think the way this is worded, it is a direct response to what Abraham had asked. Abraham said, if, if there's just 10 men in the city, would you spare it? And what do they find when they get there? All the men of the, of the city, both young and old, to the last man. There were no righteous in the city of Sodom. There were no righteous. They were all there right outside Lot's door. To the very last man, it says, they were there outside of the door. And they were saying, where are those men that came to you tonight? They saw them coming too. Where are those men that came to you tonight? Bring them out to this that we may know them. Some have tried to reinterpret this text. 
Some who are what you might call LGBT affirming will look at this text and say, well, they just wanted to get to know them. But you can't do that. It, it does not even fit the context. Here, they're saying that they want to treat these men, they want to lie with these men as a, a man lies with a woman, like a man lies with his wife. This is what they were wanting. Like Adam knew Eve. This is what they were desiring to do. I'm not hiding from what the text is saying. Lot went to the men at the entrance of the door and shut the door after him and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. And we're thinking, yeah, Lot, good. You're protecting the men. But then we get disgusted at what we read next, don't we? Don't, do, don't act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not yet known a man and known any man. Let, them, let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do not, nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. Lot, you've failed. Lot was not being a godly husband or father. If any man were to do this in a church, we would practice church discipline. We would say, no, you cannot be a member of this church if you're going to do that. In fact, we would turn them over to the authorities and they would be arrested. Right? Here, Lot is the, the same person that first, or Second Peter, the passage that Mike read from, said, remember righteous Lot. Lot's not righteous. Lot offers his daughters to all these men out here. And how do they respond? Behold, I have two daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men who have come under my roof. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn, and he's become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Do you ever hear that in our culture? Lot here, he was a stranger. He was a foreigner. He used to dwell with Abraham. And remember, they divided because the land was not enough for all of their sheep. What happened to all Lot's sheep? <laughs> he must have gave up his flocks for the pleasure of dwelling in the city. He, he used to dwell with Abraham. And he came as a sojourner, as a stranger, and he settled there in Sodom. And they're saying, wait a minute, we welcomed you into our city, and now you're going to be our judge? He didn't even tell them. All he said was, what you're doing is wrong. When we, as Christians or as a church, Say that to our culture, we will be treated the same way. When we say the same thing that Lot said, homosexuality is sin, how do people respond? They say, who made you a judge? 
They sound just like the people of Sodom. Then, now, we will deal worse with you than with them. Now, not only do, do they want to treat the men like that, not only do they reject the daughters that are offered, they now want to do the same thing that they were threatening to the men to Lot. We, they say, we're going to do the same thing to you. We're going to do worse to you than we would have done to the men. This is dark. This shows the depravity of the human heart when we think about the flood. In the flood, God tells us in His Word that at the time of the flood, the thoughts of every thought of the heart of man was only evil continually. And as we read this passage here in Genesis chapter 19, we've got to think that in Sodom, every thought of the hearts of these men were only evil continually. And as we look into our culture today, we can recognize the same thing. Man's heart is depraved. We are all born sinners. We're all born rebels against God. And until the Holy Spirit gives us life, until the Holy Spirit brings us from life, uh, from death into life, from darkness into light, we're no better than Sodom. But thanks be to God that in Jesus Christ, He has changed our hearts. That He has brought us from darkness into light, that He's brought us from death into life. Then, they pressed hard against the man, Lot. They began physically assaulting Lot. And God rescues him. They pressed hard against Lot and drew near to break hit the door down. But the men reached out their hands. That's the angels. They reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. They rescued him there. They rescued him from an assault. And they struck them with, uh, they, and they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house. A part of how God was rescuing Lot and also condemning the city of Sodom for its wickedness. But the men, even in their blindness, even though they had been struck blind, they didn't give up. They're so wicked that even though they're blind, they have no eyes to see, they still persist in their wickedness. They were struck with blindness and they reached out their hand. Uh, I'm sorry. They struck with both small and great. Again, emphasizing everybody there. Both small and great. They were at the house and they wore themselves out groping for the door. That is a picture of the depravity of man. And apart from Jesus, 
That's how dead in our sins we would be. Verse 12. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else you have in the city. Bring them out of the place, for we are about to destroy this place. Again, it says, we are about to destroy this place. The men, the angels, they're saying, we are about to destroy this place. Who destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? God did. Who destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? It says, we were about to. Again, showing God in the flesh had manifested himself there in the the form of these angelic beings probably pointing forward to the Trinity in its, um, the fact that there is a multiplicity within God. Just like in creation, whenever he said, let us make man in our image. There's a, both a unity that God is one and there's a plurality within God as well. Just hints. We don't have a fully developed doctrine of the Trinity here, but we do have hints. And Lot, he hears the message that God is going to destroy the city. How did Abraham respond whenever God told Abraham that he was going to destroy the city? He pled for it. He had compassion. How does Lot respond here? So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters. Get up! Get out of this place! For the Lord is about to destroy the city. Lot here, I think, in faith, has the same response that Abraham had. Abraham pled for the city that they would be saved, that if there would be just one right, if there would be any righteous there, that they would be saved. Lot here seems to have a response of faith and he goes and tells his sons-in-law, get out of here! Run! We've got to be saved. He preaches the gospel to them. God is sending judgment and he's provided a way out. That's what Abraham says. Or no, that's what Lot says to his sons-in-law. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting, to be joking. And you know what? As believers, we have the same message to say. God is coming someday in judgment. Christmas, we celebrate Him coming meek and mild in a manger. But one day, He's coming again. One day, He's coming again as a king. And when He comes again, He's going to put all of His enemies under His feet. One day, He's coming. And you better be ready. Don't be swept away in the wrath of God. Run, flee to Jesus. That's our message. And how do people respond to us? Sometimes they think they respond just like Lot's sons-in-law. You've got to be joking. Oh, don't give me that. Oh, I've heard it all before. People respond. Lost people, apart from the awakening of the Holy Spirit, respond just the same way. Oh, you're just joking. Tell you what, I think we're going to break this into two weeks. (laughs) 
Yeah. What we've seen so far tonight, God's judgment was threatened and the people were wicked and God is acting in mercy to save. And we stand in the same position. Man is wicked. Man is depraved. We don't deserve God's mercy and yet He has provided a way if we do what He said and look to Jesus, throw ourselves on Jesus, we can be saved from the wrath to come. Don't dismiss this message with laughs, thinking it's joking around, thinking it's like some guy standing on a corner with a, with a billboard on his front and back saying, repent, turn or burn, because it's true. Jesus will one day come and we must be ready. His judgment is certain. And so is the rescue. Look to Jesus, the only one who can save us from the wrath to come. listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.